0: Mikey, Mikey and Rennie Yum.
1: A show about the serious and not so serious parts of our edible world. Let's eat.
0: Hey friends, Mikey here. Before we start the episode, just wanted to come in as your resident audio dork, that edits our shows and just say that the first little segment of the show, maybe eight to 10 minutes, Rennie has a weird little buzzing on her microphone. Not a big deal. After that, for the interview, it goes away and it's beautiful, but just wanted to let you know, sorry for your ears, but everything that we say, it's pure fucking gold. So stay tuned. Bye.
2: Hello
3: everybody.
1: Oh, hello, Mikey. This is Rin.
3: Oh, hi, Rin.
1: Fancy meeting you here yeah. in front of the microphones. What a fun little um, fancy chamber we're in right now. <coughs> what sure. Is what is this world?
3: What is this dreamland? <laughs> is this Mikey and Rin eat in?
1: It is, as a matter of fact. Welcome to Mikey and Rin Eat In. I am Rin, acupuncturist, herbalist, lover of many foods. Mm, okay,
3: Mikey. Eater, eater,
1: Whole <laughs> <laughs> You are. <gasps> Mikey's done, what, whole seven maybe.
3: No, it's like, I'm at
1: a whole like 13. Yep, you've already had sheets. We all know. When? We all know. What? We all know. Talk to me. I was just outside talking to our nabs.
3: Oh, yeah, I had one of them tonight. Yeah. Yeah, but tonight's like 13 me. <laughs> I mean. Oh, it's not. It totally is. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Welcome to our show. Hi. Welcome to Arm and Edge. We just do all 30. I'm leaving on a ski trip with my friends tomorrow, so I'm gonna, literally going to be breaking all 30 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But um, I did have wine with our neighbors today. And it was wonderful.
1: Yeah. It was great. Wine's wine's great.
3: And you know what the best part was? Mm. We had wine. We sat on their back porch. We watched their chickens play.
1: Yes, the They're chickens of which we have been enjoying the their eggies. Oh, so many eggies. It's been and delightful. Also, I
3: get to wake up every morning and I get to say,
1: Morning, chickens. They're so cute. It's so fun. We
3: live in Portland, Oregon. An urban city, an urban environment. Mm -hmm. And um and there's goats and chickens and things around
1: here. It's magnificent. There
3: aren't that many of those in other cities. I love
1: it. Yeah, me too.
3: That's it is a segue, or at least it's a way of saying I want to like kind of frame just like a yoga class or something. I want to set our intention. We're talking about meat today.
1: We are. And more specifically. Oregon meat, mm-hmm. so the Oregon the meat, meat the meat within the meat. Yeah. <laughs> not Oregon. Oregon. No, can be Oregon organ. I like Oregon meat, the meat
3: within the meat.
1: Yeah. Are you like a person. I mean, that's what I'm hired to do. <laughs> the big bucks. Um, yeah, we have a really exciting interview that, and we wanted to just wet your whistle with um with a little chat about um organ meat so sure. uh you know specifically my, my the the majority of my experience with organ meat is liver admittedly yeah, not uh, so much it. kidneys hearts things like that no. um i mean i've had sweetbreads and
3: things like that mm-hmm. special i think mean, it's pancreas thyroid yep i've had
1: heart once i have had chicken heart yep
3: Calling tongue 48.
1: in Oregon, hmm. so yeah. I don't know. I've had a lot of weird meats, mm-hmm. but most of my, yeah, and I've, I've I've I'm in the same boat as you. I've kind of had liver in many different forms, and then oops, Randy's dropping chopping. Sorry, was that a drop chop? Eating on microphone, shocker.
3: Oh, here we go chopsticks into food. I will talk, um, over her eating. And uh, I've had, but most of my experience has been liver, and most of my experiences have been liver with tons of, fuck tons of cream and Frenchy sort of things to make it into, like a latte. yeah. I mean, which is my favorite thing. I mean, as a chef, I feel like when I consider organ meat, I think of it from the perspective of how are we gonna make this delectable? How are we gonna make this delicious? I know it's like a cheap cut, or the cheap thing that I can use. How can I make it super super yummy? And I've always had like issues with oorti because I, I have problems eating it. I find it not delicious. Um, and but then I also I also have issues with because I want to eat it because I feel guilty in the fact that I think our country, like Americans in particular, have really been going away from eating meat. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think that there's perhaps a little bit of a resurgence now with the understanding of the nutrient benefits, right? Mm -hmm. Like it is arguably the most nutrient dense food that you can eat. There's tons of B vitamins, there's tons of folate, there's tons of vitamin A. and you're, and you're getting minerals that you can't really get from other places. And so, or you can, but in much smaller amounts. And so with a small serving of liver, you're like, you are crushing it in the nutrient department. I mean, and so. It's so hard to get people eating
3: really towards that small
1: serving. Totally. Yeah. But I think to your point, there's ways of preparation and you're speaking specifically to like creaming it up. Right. Which like what does that mean? Before, so if I were to take some liver, yeah. and what what do I do? I've I got mean, liver in front of me.
3: From a chefy perspective, I think there's the idea that like you liver, kidney, but especially liver and kidney are um, super iron dense and they're full of tons of blood mm-hmm. and they're they're just an intense flavor, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So it's kind I of metallic like, almost. Super,
3: yeah, super metallic. Yeah. And if anyone has ever tasted blood, it's metallic. Mm-hmm. And the idea of everything I've ever heard is you
2: soak it in dairy slash acid. So, buttermilk. Um, and the, mm. I think the idea of it is that the, the fat of the dairy sequesters the, the kind of the flavor, the, the kind of
3: off putting flavors. And I think of the acidity kind of like a knife, like kind of like shing. I right? usually think of a, a, you know, acidity when you're eating something that's like it's a samurai sword to fat or to like intense flavors and it kind of just like chops it off. And, um, and then the idea is that you then, you know, you put it with heavy cream or butter Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you basically try to hide the flavors. And it's an interesting idea because, you know, from a chef perspective, like it's, how do you make it palatable? From your perspective or a nutritional perspective, it's like, this is the most unbelievably nutrient dense thing that I can eat. I'm just going
1: to eat it. Yeah, how do I get it in me? Yeah. But, you know, I think that flavor, flavor is always important. And yeah. for me, the most success that I've had has been, like, giving the liver a quick sear. Don't okay. over-sear it, because then it gets, like, ru- real rubbery and so chalky. chalky kind Whoa. of. Yeah, it's it's Whoa. very weird. Yeah, it becomes,
3: so, I said well, my favorite reaction. But it does
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So let the, like, let, like, let your pink really shine through. Don't oh, be yeah. scared of that. No, like, let it, yeah, like, let it, yeah, let it still be pink. Truly sear it. Sear it, call it
3: good.
1: Yep. And I've seared it in butter, which I find kind of the most successful. So, searing it in butter and then popping it in the food processor you need and to like chicken, liver to chicken liver specifically. Yeah, I've got more experience with But beef liver, I think, could be the same. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and then, I put it in a food processor and I've used instead of heavy cream, I've used like a really, um, kind of s- a soury, uh, like cream cheese kind of thing. Oh, um, like a cultured cream cheese. Yeah. And that's been really, that, that reminded me when you said buttermilk, cause it, yeah. it's sort of got that, oh, yeah, that so like similar good. flavor. Right. Honestly, yeah. Um, and then I just make sure that I put tons of aromatics in there too. Yeah. Like, you know, Herby kind of yeah. flavors Parsley and Like mo- ones that kind of lift it a little bit Right the,
3: the bright kind
1: of I've put like mint in there before yeah. Yeah, um, nice. And I don't know And I find that, that that actually works out Pretty nicely and then you can kind of Puree it as much as you want If you want it like sure. a smooth paste Ooh. <laughs> Or if or you want to kind of leave it, it chunky Yeah
3: I like it Well because I think when I've had pate in my like historically, I think I've mostly had like, the chunkier pate. And so when I have the like, really pasty you know, pate, <laughs> I it, it's hard for me, it's mm. really hard for me. And I also texture think, wise. Yeah,
1: mm. se, te, like text, I always said sextra. texture. Texture <laughs> wise, but with texture wise, I also think that there's something,
3: I read this book years ago about called
1: the roots of desire really gross name
3: it was about gingers it was about redheads and uh how we dealt with things through the ages Mm. Mm -hmm. so we've been deified and demonized but they also talked about how redheads take more
1: um what's the word i'm looking for paint well like It takes more to mute our pain. Mm, mm -hmm, Um, It mm -hmm. also takes more to knock us out, which is called
3: in a hospital, the person knocks us out. Anesthesiologist?
1: Anesthesiologist. Uh huh. More um, anesthesia. Anesthesia. Anesthesia
3: (laughs) Um, But the other thing that they were talking about is people with more blood in their skin and blood in their body, like the sanguine sort of idea, is that maybe we're kind of turned off by the idea of eating things that are very rich in blood. Mm. So maybe the idea that we're kind of turned off by eating the meats that are really rich in blood, you know, like, there's like lamb, things like that are gamey, quote unquote, it's because they have more blood in the muscle. And so something like liver, kidney, that's metallic, it's metallic because there's more blood in it. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so I, there's this kind of theory that maybe it's kind of like you don't want to eat the thing that you are kind of
1: are. It's interesting because I think about Irish, (laughs) Irish cuisine and like, is blood sausage well, Irish? Blood sausage yeah, right? Now. And then like haggis, right? Isn't no, that no, like no, a Scottish wrong, thing?
3: So it's probably, it's probably a, a stupid theory, but like, I, but I don't know. I find it like, I almost feel like it's cannibalism. When I'm eating oh, eating. interesting. So, <laughs> it does a lot. It's yeah. A lot yeah. I hate it. <laughs> but then I'll have like liverwurst or these like kind of naughtier things that are like tons of cream and whatever.
1: And this. also mixed with.
3: Crunchy bread and cheese. Exa-
1: and pickled... Oh, and pickled things. Yeah. Again, pickled things really helps. Again, the acidity
3: sort. Yes. Coming through, chopping shit up, making it delicious. So, yeah. Yeah, those things help. One of the things we should do is maybe we'll post like a link to my favorite pate recipe and then your favorite pate recipe. Mm-hmm. And you guys can then... Uh, and you can also listen to our amazing interview that we have today with James Berry...
1: Yeah, he's got a really cool, provocative hack, I would say, for those of you that are like, um, nope, I am not going to touch slimy livers and then blend them up and eat them with cream. That sounds disgusting. Um, he's got a really cool product that we're so excited for him to tell you more about sure. and a way to get some of those organ meats, some of that iron B vitamins, mm. folate, vitamin A, all that yummy nutritiousness into your belly. Right. Yeah. It's Let's called... yeah. What does, that mean? what does it mean? Stay oh, tuned. Okay. Stay tuned to find out. Caesar. Yeah. <laughs>
3: so we got an interview with James Perry, our buddy.
0: Coming up right now. Thank you. Hi guys. Welcome to the Mikey and Rinterview. Mm. Ooh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. How are you?
1: Rinterview. Mikey and R- <laughs> Rinterview. Mikey and interview number two. Yeah. Um, last week we had the amazing Janny. This week we have another incredible friend of ours. Welcome.
2: You, James Barry. I love that I'm number two because I was <laughs> born on December 2nd. So two <gasps> oh, is a powerful number for me. Yes, I love that. I saw a porta potty yesterday
0: that the tagline of the company was we're number one with number two.
2: Mm, Pretty very good very powerful number. That is good. Very powerful I number. love that like the number two for me goes to this spiritual place of like, Oh, that's my birthday. <laughs> and for you it goes to a porta potty. <laughs> poopies. It goes to poopies. <laughs> Always. Yeah. (laughs)
0: It's a food podcast, so I like to be holistic
2: about it. What starts up front and what ends at the end? (laughs) Number one, number two. You know, it's funny you bring that up, though, because uh, rarely do people talk about that with food. But like that's that, you know, like my wife's a functional nutritionist. I've been a chef for a a really long time. It's like it's all about that. Yes. Like we love talking about poop.
1: God, me too. <laughs> it's one of them. I could do an entire podcast just oh, about Oh, right? We're definitely gonna do that. Yeah.
0: There's well, people will ask me like what Rinnie does and like how it's different. So Corinne is a, is a Chinese medicine um practitioner, an acupuncturist, and all modalities of Chinese medicine. But they'll ask me, like, why is it different than going to see like a doctor or something like that? And I'm like, when was the last time that your doctor in the intro interview asked you about sweat? poop, sex, like all these <laughs> things. And Rinny talks about those like upfront. It's like poop is like one, you know, 80% of her our conversations for sure and then about 40% probably of your work life.
1: Mhm. Yeah, it's a big part. And food makes poop, doesn't it? It does. Um, for my tattoo sets, James, tell us more about who you are. What does that mean to you? Who are oh, who you? <laughs>
2: I'm I'm still learning, um, <laughs> in a great way. Uh, so I have been a chef for over 16 years. Um, I actually, it's funny. I talk about this a lot, but I'm curious for what well, well, I should share with your audience that we we are an amazing like little friendship couple pod mm. because. Of the similarities. So Mikey yes. is a trained chef. I am a trained chef. We're both redheads. Hey. Corinne is a brunette. <laughs> like I don't know why the hair thing matters, but since it, it matters for enough. us, it's got to matter for yeah. them. So <laughs> Rennie is a, a, a brunette. My wife is a brunette and they are both in the health field.
1: Yes. We actually met, I was trying to figure this out yesterday, I think 15 years ago. So maybe Margaret, more. I didn't
2: meet you. Then. Yeah, 16
1: yeah. years ago, we were doing a... um nutrition training at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and Margaret, it was a gigantic group of people and Margaret and I just very serendipitously found each other and had just such a sweet connection. And then yeah, married a redhead, moved to Portland. Then we moved to Portland. There's just been, yeah, lots lot of, of symmetry, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I, I think that's important for y'all to hear, but, um, but so I was passionate about food When I was a kid. And it was around seven. I I I don't know why it's that specific age, but I remember learning to scramble an egg. Mm. Mm. But for some reason, I never saw it as a career. Yeah. And and it wasn't. And it wasn't until 9-11 happened that I kind of, you know, our 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 generation's Pearl Harbor, right? So it Mm. was like it just it it made me reevaluate life. It made me kind of look at everything, go, like, okay, holy moly, that was like the biggest event in my life. Mm. Um, even though I wasn't in New York at the time, it was, I mean, I was on yeah. the West coast, but I felt it there of course. Yeah. And it was like, it made me audit my life. Go, okay. Every choice from this point on has got to have heart. It's got to be something I'm truly passionate oh, about cool. that I truly love. And at the time I was in the entertainment business, yeah. which I loved, but I was also like substitute teaching to pay the bills. And I didn't love that. Hmm. And I was like, well, I got to get rid of that. Yeah. And, and it was like, well, food. I got to check out culinary school and I knew I didn't want to be a chef. I, I mean, sorry, I knew I want to be, a chef. I knew I didn't <laughs> want to work in a restaurant. I didn't want to be a restaurant chef. So that's,
0: and that's so interesting because that's a similar path that you and I both had that like, when I went to culinary school out of 18 people that I went to school with, I was the only one that was like, I don't want to be a chef.
2: A restaurant then,
0: chef. A restaurant chef. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I don't want to be like a traditional on the line right. chef or own my own place, even. And people were like, why are you here?
2: <laughs> yeah, particularly yeah. the school you went to, that's sure. what they specialize mm-hmm. in, right? Was churning out people who are going to one day run their own restaurants. And
0: everybody was like, I'm going you know, right after school, I'm going to go and slave for a couple years in like Thomas Keller's kitchens or I'm going like peel potatoes for free. And I was like, fuck that. Like <laughs> I want to go out and you know, I went to a, I was the first person in my entire school, like both the Napa. So I went to culinary Institute of America and Napa, but both the Napa and the New York campus that did my externship um, at a farm. Like I went and like, saw where food comes from and like i literally had to talk to the president of the school to have them approve this internship it was so abnormal everybody else just went to like a restaurant
2: right that was the norm for my school everyone like probably more people went to a farm than really oh yeah so for the school i went to in new york which was the natural gourmet institute it was known for like private healthy private chefs right Mm. it was just known for healthy cooking it was probably not as great of a education as you got because our program was four was, months and yours was probably a year, right? It or was fifteen months. Or I what? think it
0: ended up being a year, like eighteen months, but that was with the internship. Yes, yeah, so yeah. it was like a year and some, but then with an extra. Job. Yeah,
2: so you probably got a much thorough, more thorough education. Yeah, but like we, I remember there were two people from my class that went and worked at Thomas Keller's restaurant in New York. Yeah, per se. Yeah, per se. Yeah. And that was abnormal. Hmm. Oh wow! So that was that was the freak. So the freak internship, whereas everyone else was doing the farm. So yeah. that kind of tells you right there.
0: Yeah, that's so the interesting. Difference. When it's and I just think that it's you know I when people like kids will ask me now like should I go to culinary school and. I I have, it's a hard thing for me to answer because I'm like, you know, part of me is like, depending on what you want to do, like part of me is like spend the 60 grand or whatever you're going to spend on it and go and just travel go like cook pasta with like a grandmother in Italy, go like hang out in Japan and eat sushi on the street. Like culinary school for me, it was, it was great because I can, as a consultant, I use the name now and the people are like, Oh, he has this like base of knowledge. But the fact that we didn't like we had a student farm student garden, but like. That was started by my class, by me and a couple other people. Otherwise, nobody was talking about like where food comes from or like where our meat came from or any of these things in culinary school. And it was like, these are the essential ingredients. Like, How are we not talking about the quality of even like potatoes in a culinary school?
2: Oh, I was just talking about that with somebody yesterday about how the concept of health in Mm. the culinary field is like ass backwards. It's basically, they're, they're like, oh, well, it should be grilled versus fried. You know I mm-hmm. Yeah, right. sure, I guess, yeah, you know, that technically is, you know, fifty style healthy. But like, <laughs> no one's asking the questions like, well, what's the cow, you know, the beef that you're eating, what's that cow eating? Where was it raised? How was it raised? Mm-hmm. Is it on grass? Is it contained in a, you know, in a box? Mm. No, no one's asking those questions. There, I feel like it's 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 really more of like, well, how was it prepared, and is it is it Kobe style, you know, like is it marbled? I remember actually talking to someone from Cisco, and Mm. they were saying, oh, a quality beef uh, steak is based on how it's marbled, and Mm -hmm. I'm like, really? Not for me, Mm. right? Like Mm. I could give a fuck ass if it's marbled. Who cares Mm. if the fat is evenly distributed? Like I want to know what did that cow eat? Mm-hmm. Right. Was it a healthy cow? Because if that cow wasn't eat healthy, the yeah. most likely the meat's not healthy. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's, it's interesting because before we got on the microphone, James and I were talking about recipe, like writing recipes and how like you have to be super detailed about it. And, and, you know, one of the, like I think of like, start I star, I've started to think about like the, "Quote unquote, like sub recipes of everything in my life. Like instead of like starting the recipe at beef, it's like, well, what was the recipe of that beef? Like, what was the recipe of that cow? Like, how was that cow created? And I think more and more people, especially live living in Portland where we live, it's like people are talking about those things. It's like you might even know the fucking name of the cow that you're eating, but um, his name is Carl. He was kind of a dick. Um, I don't think we eat. Do we eat male cows? Yeah, we eat male cows. I don't even know that. I don't think actually. I don't think I, I thought." All meat cows are. I, someone explained this to me recently. No, and it was there like, are some males. You're I right. think there are males,
2: but they, it's, it is confusing because they call them bulls, right? Right. Um, not your traditional, you know, from the cartoons. Those, those. Sure. Those, the those, matador bulls. The matador bulls. not those, obviously, yeah. but they're they're male cattle, and you got to figure that they do. Yeah. What's interesting, though. Is that that's not true in the poultry industry? In the poultry mm. industry, it's all female, and actually, they take the male chicks and they t- they literally toss them in right, the garbage. Right. It's dis. The, the poultry industry is disgusting. Yeah. Right? I, I I'm not a fan. Right. Mm. Right. Um, and which is okay. That's actually a great example because yep. most people think poultry is healthier. It's like, no, it ain't. Yeah. No, and, it is and, not. And it's one of those
0: things where it's, everything comes with a caveat, right? It's like, if you're eating well-sourced chicken, if you're eating well-sourced beef, then, then you can kind of level the playing field. But most chickens that we're talking about in our country, for sure, are coming yeah. from KFO experiences and, you know, just like wild um, – hen sheds and ammonia baths and nastiness.
2: Oh yeah. It's something like 90%. And and it makes sense because it it actually, uh, you know, and this is an important part of the discussion whenever you talk about food is, is it's expensive. Like good food is expensive and like poultry properly raised, you know, fed Mm. poultry takes long time. It's longer than the seven weeks the industry gives. And it's like It's expensive. And so that's why when you go to the farmer's market, it costs $24 for, you know, a whole chicken versus eight.
0: Well, and this is, and you know, you look at, um, I mean, Europe is starting to catch up with us as far as like diet related illnesses and stuff go, but, um, but you know, traditionally it's like, you look at kind of the cost or the percentage of, of people's uh, money that's spent on food here versus there, here versus almost everywhere in the world, and people it's such a higher percentage of total income that's spent on food in other countries like we have the low we have the lowest cost of the you know the lowest expenditure for food and then the highest healthcare costs like those things have to be related and it's but it's also hard to convince people like you know you should be spending more money on you know we should be buying quality vegetables quality local meat because people are, you know, they they feel like they don't have enough money in their budget for food. They can't prioritize food.
2: And I and I do hate that food can be so elitist too. Like, because it's all about, I mean, this pricing, you know what I mean? Like people that are like, look, I, like uh, there was that movie, uh Super Size Me, right? Sure. I think he even, I think it was that movie where he, he talked about how um, when someone has, oh gosh, you know what? I think it was a different movie. I think it was maybe uh, Food Inc. Yeah, Food Inc. So in Food Inc, they talked about how, the person had a certain amount of money. It was like they could either buy an apple mm-hmm. or they could buy a family meal at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they chose the family meal because that that it has the french fries, it has the hamburger, sure. and it has a drink, right? Whereas, well, it's
1: actually gonna feed your family.
2: Whereas least, yeah. an apple won't. Yeah, you're <laughs> right? all getting like so, a wedge, right? And yeah. so yeah. They, he was just pointing out like that's how people look at it, you know, of like I- I'm gonna look to see that I can get the cheapest I can sure. and get the most out of it, but but I totally understand. I mean, when it comes down to do like budgeting
0: in your life, it's like, you know, we've been taught that like, maybe, you know, we can go to Ikea and get cheap furniture. We, you know, it'll, it'll last long enough, you know? And then I think that food has just become, well, it's just become deprioritized in our country enough that like, I want to have a big portion for the cheapest amount that I possibly can and ah, the health, the health risks or whatever it might be. Maybe I don't fully believe in that, or at least it's something that I can futureize. Like I can say, like that's going to happen way down the road. Right. I don't need to worry about it.
2: Yeah, and if there's anything that I love making sure that audiences hear for me when I'm on podcasts is that um, food does affect your health. And 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 yeah. I and I know that that sounds so simple, but it actually I didn't learn that till I was twenty one. Mm-hmm. I I got a kidney stone. I had I gra- had to graduate college a little early and i was like doing all my finals and everything and i was basically surviving on pizza and root beer mm. and i did and then two weeks later i was in a theater uh, uh the williamstown theater festival in um massachusetts mm. and two weeks in to that so i'm literally three thousand miles away from my family and any i didn't know anyone there i started experiencing this huge abdominal pain and i did not know what it was i was like I I kind of felt like I I was constipated, like I had to take a really big dump or something, but it just kept going and going Mm. and getting worse and more intense. And I finally, uh, my friend said, you gotta go to the hospital, this is not normal. Mm. And um, I was so scared. It ended up being a kidney stone, which Mm. is amazingly painful. They gave me morphine to deal with the pain. But the first thing, when it passed the next morning, I said to the doctor, I was like, how did I get this? Like what did I do? Because whatever that was, I do not want to experience this again. That was crazy painful. And he's like, "Well, what have you been eating?" And mm. it was a amazing that the doctor said that because as you pointed out earlier, most doctors don't sit, ask those questions. Mm-hmm. But when he did, I said, "Well, I pizza and root beer." And he's like, "Well, it's the root beer. You you you're not getting enough water. It's the you know phosphorus and the root beer, whatever." He started explaining a little bit, and I was like, um, "I had no idea that what I ate affected my." my health. Mm. I literally had no idea. Mm. Right. And that,
1: and, and that doesn't, I don't think that that's an uncommon story. Right. Because if all of us have gone to public school, right. And it's not necessarily, it's not a, a lesson that you learn, right. It's not part of your health class. It's not part of your science class. Um, there's like, you know, kind of food pyramid nutrition, Right. Right.
2: Um, But... But it doesn't tell you don't eat pizza and... Absolutely not. It doesn't... No. ...tell you really what's healthy. It kind of more promotes certain industries, right? Totally. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And pushes like the primary color kind of way of thinking about food health. Mm -hmm. Like these things are bad and these things are good. And the things that are good are kind of boring and you need to like force yourself to eat them. Kind of, it's like vegetables and overcooked broccoli, <laughs> you know, it's, it's never, I mean, and, and from what I've heard, there are some cool schools that are like now teaching cooking classes with kids, but most schools took out oh, home yeah. Mac and took out, I mean, they just don't have the money for a lot of those things. And it's just, how else are you supposed to learn about that sort of stuff? Well, when I, mean, I
2: was a kid, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm 48 uh, and so when I was a kid, there was no home ec like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was like showing you how to make a recipe, but it wasn't talking about health. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there there was to, to your point, Corinne, there was no education around how and, and and I think it's also that people didn't really know, you know. I mean, back in the day, what was considered healthy, right? It was it was steamed vegetables, mm. it was a grilled chicken breast, and maybe margarine. A, yeah, <laughs> with margarine, right? With fake product, and then maybe a baked potato or a sweet potato, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was, and that's kind of why I got into cooking. Cause when I saw that, I was like, okay, that, is, that seems off to me, but also people aren't eating that. Like, that's not what people gravitate to, but they're eating comfort foods. So I right, was like, right. I was like, how can I take comfort foods and make those healthier? Because if I can do that, and make them healthier, but not make people feel deprived. Mm. I'm like, then, then now I'm onto something. Mm. So that was literally what motivated me when I was in my 20s to get more into cooking. Was like, okay, I want, I really want to explore this idea of what is health. Mm. Mm. And, and and I even defined it as what is true health because there's an illusion of health left and right. And that's kind of when I was talking about regarding um, the chef schools, right? And how they promote health and all that stuff. And it was so interesting after culinary school, I was doing some food styling um, in Hollywood for the Ellen show. I was on that. And, and there was a chef there. She's a monster. <laughs> she, she was so mean. No, Did she, she beat you? I never, I didn't even meet her. Uh, you can't look her in the eye. But uh, cause I was working for someone else, but, but uh, who was contracted through her. But um, this person was a famous chef at the, at the time and a celebrity chef, right? So so a chef that is a celebrity himself. Mm-hmm. And he was putting out healthy product. And I was like, dude, you don't know the first thing about health. Like mm. he was going the route of like, well, it's steamed vegetables, it's grilled chicken. And I'm like, that is not healthy. Mm. And so it just was like, it, it it, fed this idea of like, there is an illusion going on of what people are promoting. It's a trend, mm. you know? But I was like, they're not asking the right questions. And and this is kind of a segue, I think, to-, to the main topic today in a sense which is organ meats right sure so when I look at stuff I'm like what is the most nutrient dense foods out there mm. why are people not eating them if it's not being eaten and then why and then how can I how can I turn that around how can I make that going back to that comfort foods help health, something healthier it's like how can I make it so that you can eat these things but not feel like you're compromising your morals or your ethics or your taste buds or whatever it is, mm. you know, so that you can feel like, oh, this is easy. I just want it to be easy. I want health to be easy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. that's where I go. I'm like, okay, so how, how do we fix this?
0: So that's actually a really good place for us to take a little break. We're going to um, come back with James and we're going to talk about his amazing product and how he is getting people some flavor back on their diet. Be right back.
1: <laughs> oh my god
0: hi friends welcome back to mikey and ren eat in uh we're here with our friend james berry and we have some delicious food in front of us that is seasoned with something that he
2: has created and wants to
0: tell us more about
2: <laughs> so i br- thank you i brought over a uh, roasted cauliflower which is a gorgeous way to eat cauliflower if you haven't tried it you know you just you just um chop it up pretty small i like to do it small because i like it to get crispy Mm. um but it really the size is going to affect crispness and and then how how soft is is inside but i like it crispy so i cut it small i toss it in some fat this time i did coconut oil and then i doused it with a little bit of redmond real salt and pluck Mm. and pluck is is kind of my solution for how i was talking about earlier about okay how can i get this most nutrient dense food which in my judgment, is organ meats the most nutrient dense food on the planet? It's like Mother Nature's multivitamin. How mm. can I get that into your diet easily without you have you know without the hurdle of like it tastes icky or like I don't know how to cook it or just kind of overcome those hurdles that are stopping people from eating this nutrient dense food? So I created this seasoning. It's uh, five organs. It's it's uh, liver, heart, kidney, spleen, pancreas. They're freeze dried and powdered, so it's mm. it's shelf stable. Um, it You don't even think about organ meat when you look at it. And it's from what animal? It's from a cow. Yes. But you can, of course, get organs from other animals. Um, It's just, it's just, so I'm sourcing them from New Zealand, which is known for uh, supplying organ meats to the supplement industry. So they're very, very high standard. And I'm using the exact same product the supplement companies are using. And so most of those are coming from cow. But the other one that's really popular is sheep, actually. Mm. Is there
0: what are what's the difference between the organs of like one animal to another animal as far as nutrient like nutrients go?
2: The nutrients are pretty similar. I mean, it once again going to our earlier conversation about what is the animal eating is really going to affect the nutrients of the organs, and so that's why we're really bringing up ruminant animals, right? So animals that can take, they can be eating, the, they can take the grass, which is being fed from the sunshine mm. and from you know all the different, the, the rich soil, and whatnot. So they're able to take that grass, they're able to convert that into nutrients of vitamins, and it goes into their body. It goes into every aspect of their body, their organs, the, the muscle meat, but it's all a little different. Because the organs have very specific role in the animals and in us, right? So the organs are there to filter out toxins. Mm. But here's where people get confused. They actually think that, oh, well, then that means the organs are filled with toxins like that, like that they they store toxins. Mm -hmm. And that actually is not what they do. They have all these vitamins and minerals because their, their job is to turn those toxins into more water soluble form so that they can leave our body. Because how do things leave our, how do toxins leave our body through pee? through poop through going back to poop
0: sweat <laughs> always poop
2: <laughs> um, but pee poop sweat right and if anything we're toxic cows sweat cows
0: sweat. do they
2: uh yeah i think they oh, okay I, I don't like know. dogs don't sweat yeah i don't know if cows do but cows have i mean when a cow is healthy they have their they have their elimination pathways i'm more talking about the human pathways sure. right but yes they they have elimination pathways I mean they have their four stomachs too, right? And their four their four stomachs are designed for was the wait, is one of the organ meats that's in pluck stomach? No. And that okay. I love that actually you just said that because a lot of people don't realize that organ everyone thinks organ meat is like liver, kidney, and heart. Those are the three compounds. Yeah. But really, okay, another name for organ meat is awful. O F-F A-L, a great name, of course. <laughs> Everybody totally is thinks what, what, and what is that word from? Is it an acronym? No, it's so, the, I, from my research, it actually refers to when you're butchering the cow, mm. it's the parts of the cow that fall off. That's oh. where they think the name came from and that's awful. Like it's, it's it's all those parts. But when you actually look at the definition, so the definition of awful is technically everything but the muscle meat and the bone, but it mm. does include bone marrow, just not the actual bone. Mm. Okay. So, you know, that that's like, you know- Intestines, yeah, that's the thyroid. The sweetbreads, which yeah. are also known as sweetbreads. Uh, that's the blood. Mm. But so I actually like tongue would tongue, that be in there? Or is absolutely. that a muscle? Okay. T- tongue as well. Um the of course, the ones we've already mentioned, the heart, the kidney. Um, <laughs> that's also brain. Mm. Um trying to think what else. Uh so tri- tripe is the inte- the um I always get this Tripe lining? is stomach lining. Yes, yeah. stomach lining. Yeah. And then of course you feet are included mm. in awful as well. Trotters, if it's a pig. But so here's, I, I brought a little like game that we can play around Ooh. awful.
1: Love games. Bam, ba, bam,
2: bam, Mikey, bam, how do you bam,
0: feel bam, about bam, games? Bam, 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 bam. I hate games. <laughs> well, I like games with friends. I don't like the idea of having people come over for like game night because mm. I'd rather just talk.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Okay, so, so we talked about organ meats being the most nutrient-dense food, but for some reason, most Americans are not eating it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yet if you go around the rest of the world- the, there's, there's foods that are built into those countries that do contain organ meats. So clearly the rest of the world is eating them, but we're not, huh? Americans love to be different. So, um, <laughs> so I'm going to name, uh, there's a couple ways we can do this. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to name the dish and you tell me what country it's from. Oh, I oh. like it. Are okay. we going to buzz okay. in? Uh, however you want to do it. Do you want to buzz in? I didn't see you guys as competing. I just saw you guys as on oh, the same a team. team.
1: It's collaborative. Okay. Yeah, I like Mikey. That. Okay. Yeah.
2: A, okay.
0: We'll whisper. We'll go.
2: Yeah. We'll whisper <laughs> off mic and then go uh, Calabria. Okay. We'll, <laughs> do, we'll do. We'll do the first one. will be, I think a little easy, but we'll see. Menudo. Mexico. Oh God. <laughs> oh, so maybe this is, is this going to be
0: racism episode? There was see this is, you well, guys we are, said t- Mexico or Spain.
2: Okay, that's a great gr- great uh Damn it. oops, great effort. No, is what he's going to say. No, no, no it's, say. it's good good answers. It's Mexico. Yeah. But it, you really just dated yourself cuz there was a Mexican band back in the day, a boy band called Manudo. Obviously, yeah. I know yeah, Manudo. That's know the Menudo. first thing
1: that came to right? my
2: head.
0: When well, does and and Menudo still exists, I think, and they just have rotating members. Wasn't
2: yes, was well, was Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Ricky Martin? Martin? Yeah, Ricky yeah. Martin
0: was in. Um, can we have a sidebar here? <laughs> Why? James, did you want to be in a boy band? <laughs>
2: Okay, he's revealing some really deep truths right now.
0: <laughs> we'll talk about that on a really separate did. episode. I really, I really did, but James Berry did, in fact, do, aspire. It still do. We can I do. We've talked about it. We could have a boy band. It's Chef Redheads and the three or something. The we got a good name for it. The only problem
2: point. is, is that because we're both redhead, then that means every other member has to be red. So it it's simply red. It, oh, there you go. We could <laughs> be the new go. simply red. Okay, what was that song? Woman in red, wasn't it? Or no, what, no, what was simply red was um. Oh to...
0: fuck What was If you don't know me by now yeah. You will never never know. I mean they
2: redid yes. that but God yeah, you that
1: guys like... could really like Pop that I up I should
2: do the low If you don't know Can you do the oh. high if you... <laughs> no, no.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I can't. Okay. Okay. And stars were born.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. And if okay. uh, Dr. Dre, if you're listening, uh, you you can yes. produce us. It'll be great. Thank you.
2: We're we're, we're all ready for title. That, is that his? I don't know. That's um, Jay. Oh, okay. good Um All right. So menudo. Uh, the reason I brought it up is that's that's a dish. It's a soup dish. made in Mexico. It's a it's a national cuisine dish. You know, and it's a uh, beef stomach is in it. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's one. Uh, haggis. Scotland? Scotland. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. So <laughs> haggis is sheep or calf, heart, liver, and lungs mixed with suet, which is the fat, right? And oatmeal and other seasonings. And then it's boiled in the in the animal's stomach.
0: Ooh.
2: Woof. And it's like, Woof. this wow. is their dish. This is their national dish. So wow. crazy. I've had like, haggis
0: and um, what? it can be very delicious. I've never had it. What does it it's taste super, like? Well, I mean, the one that I had, have you had Scrapple? I haven't, but I know about it. I just it haven't. kind of it ends up. T- it's like kind of meatloafy. It's like a sausagey meatloaf sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, it was great, you know. And it's I, my thing is like, it's delicious meat if it's salted well enough. Like it's yeah, great. It's gonna, so it was. It was it very good. good. I grew up with a, a friend who had a Scottish dad, and he made it, and I don't know, it was yummy. The process. It's whoa. time-consuming, it sounds, right? It's what. Well, yeah, and it's just gross.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay, black pudding. Ireland. Yes, that's right. So black pudding is using the blood, blood. Mm-hmm. and the, the other name is blood sausage, right? Mm. Um, this this is gonna be too fun. Years. Well,
0: fun fact on that: Mikey and his mom went to Ireland for I think it was nine days, and I gained sixteen pounds <laughs> by eating the full Irish breakfast that included blood sausage.
2: What's the What's the rest in it?
0: Oh God. Like so like much potatoes, butter. Right? Yeah. Potato, like three different kinds of sausages, the brightest eggs you've ever seen. Orange butter. Like it was just like butter, fat sausage, yeah. all the things I can't even remember. toasts of three different varieties, right. but I gained like, I think it was more than a pound a day or around a pound or two pounds a day. But was Irish disgusting.
2: people are not necessarily overweight, right?
0: No, I just, I was,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I tipped the
0: scales for the country.
2: Uh, okay. Uh, steak and kidney pie. England? Yeah. No. Yeah, that right. would be my guess. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, so, and a lot, it's funny when I think Americans hear that, they go, you mean kidney beans? It's like, no, no, no kidney. Or yeah. Organ meat, mm. kidney. Mm. Um, and, and some people think kidney tastes a little uriny. Um, have, is that, have you ever had it so
0: this is yeah well we've we I, you know we will cover this and what rin and i talk about but i have a really i have a very strong aversion to it and i think it's a it's it's it feels like liver and kidney kind of both feel a little too metallic for me mm. and then i kidney tastes like pee pee yeah
2: I've i feel heard like that i'm eating kitty litter that. or something um this one's kind of easy uh pate France. Corinne oh, LeBlanc. That's right. There you go. So pâté is really a mix of organs. It's typically, uh, and it's usually a mix of other animal organs as well. So you mm-hmm. might have pork liver and uh, cow liver all together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's a really good way to just kind of get a, a multitude of organs all at once. And and I find that pâté... it it really determines not only what ingredients you're using, but what you eat it with. Like if Mm -hmm. you eat it with a really flavorful cracker, you don't taste it as much. You know what I mean? Like I think you can really affect the taste of Well, and
1: Also, when I've made it in the past, I've always had dairy in it. Mm. So like, uh, what did I use last time? Maybe a kind of cream cheese or creme Mm -hmm. fraiche or something. And that like- that was really nice because it kind of cut that yeah. really metallic y yeah. taste. It was well, and then, delicious. And then
0: I like, I kind of, I think I grew up eating a lot of pate that was like country style pate. So it was like chunkier, mm. but it wasn't as much organ meat. It was more like meat, meat. On fat, and, probably. Yeah, and yeah. fat. And so it was just, so I kind of like when I started eating smoother pates or like chicken liver pate, um, it was a lot.
2: Mm. But I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so last, uh, but not least, uh, Chitlins.
0: The American South,
2: yeah, and now mm-hmm. Chitlin, probably
0: by way of Africa, I would imagine.
2: Oh, uh, well, actually, or slavery. Well,
0: due to slavery, yes. Due
2: to, well, so so really, what, what's fascinating about uh, Chitlins is that when the plantation owners would you know slaughter a hog mm. to feed to feed the plantation area, they would keep all the choice muscle meat, and they would pass the kind of meats that, or parts of the animal they didn't want, like the intestines and the the different parts, like organs and whatnot, and to the slaves. Mm. And that's mm. where chitlins came from. Mm. Mm. So chitlins is the intestines from the pig.
0: How mm. many delicious foods were caused, like it was like necessity is the mother of invention. Like I've got a bunch of like garbage throwaway meat from my piece of shit master, and I'm going to make the most delicious thing on the on the planet. Mm. You know, like oh. so many of the, like, I, this is why I love, you know, food, like street food from countries and like places where it's like, we use something because we just like, it was like the cheapest thing or the easiest to come by and make the most delicious things. I like, I oftentimes think the most expensive things are garbage. Like I'd rather have the thing that like, you know, who is kind of the lowest rung on the ladder. Like, what are they eating? I want that.
2: Well, and usually, I mean, you know, this as a chef, like the cheaper cuts of the meat Oh yeah, are the ones you have to cook longer. So you, you do a lot more with it. You like add a lot of more flavors, Yeah, just, you know? So, um. Uh, I, I love expl- I, like I always tell people, look, if you're worried you if you're worried you want to get really quality product, right? So you're someone who focuses on quality but then are concerned about price, I said just get organ meats because mm. get quality organ meats from, from grass fed, grass finished animals, but they'll always be cheaper than the muscle meat because the muscle meat is a higher uh you know price. It's sure. just always
0: mm. higher price. That's a good that's a good tip.
2: And Pro you, know, tip. But, you know, here here's one too is that uh tongue. Okay, so tongue is an organ meat. A lot of people uh, may have heard of tongue as lengua at a Mexican, you know, taco place. They usually have uh, the authentic ones have a lengua taco, and I have to recommend that everyone try it because it's so much cheaper than muscle meat. Mm. But when you when you cook it, you kind of braise it like you would, um, like a carnitas. Yep, and it shreds. Once you pull off the outer part, it shreds just like the pulled pork does. And it's delicious.
0: And it's so like, it's like, you know, fork tender, yeah. like so creamy. So it was kind of a good. gross description for me, but it's so good. But it is, it's yeah. so
2: good. And I don't think people realize that because they, they're so, they're so concerned about, oh, but it's tongue. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, it does, A, it doesn't look like a tongue once you go, get it in a taco. Right. There's no part of it that looks like that in the finished product. Obviously, yeah. when you go to cook it, it does. So you got to get over that. Or you can, um, you know, and that's kind of going back to the pluck thing. That's why I created pluck, even though pluck doesn't have tongue, it's got those five organs. And I guess I, I didn't even share this part. So I, I, I mentioned the freeze-dried powdered organs, right? But then I'm combining organic spices and herbs with it to offset that irony or icky taste that you associate with them. Yeah. Mm.
0: And we're eating pluck on our cauliflower right now, and it's so delicious. Yeah, how
2: would you describe it? You, you I mean are, I have to preface this. Sure. You have an amazing palate. Why thank you? You really do. Mikey is my kind of go-to guy whenever <laughs> I'm like, what do you think this tastes like? Because he you ate not only do you have a, an excellent um uh, Ca- you know, you would capture the English language. really Like, mm. you were able to describe things, right? Right, Thank like, you. You know, he does. He, he's able to, like, capture ideas and describe things in a really amazing way. And he's got a great palate. So you communicate it clearly and you can feel it clearly. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Taste it. I mean, it.
0: I would say Pluck for me is, like, you know, kind of it leans towards the kind of, like, universal spice but kind of maybe sort of like taco seasoning sort Mm. of category that i really love like that's the way that i flavor most things is kind of the garlicky a little spicy kind of a cumin sort of flavor to it and i just you know i i'm also eating it and i'm also thinking we're just thinking about tacos but it's i mean to me it's like i would put this on so many different things like i would put this on melon i would put this on like it's just it's really yummy and you know Organ meat flavors are very distinct. And I don't know.
2: I can't grab them. Like, yeah. I'm you, just. Do you, you taste that umami in it, though? Are you picking up it, that? It tastes tone?
0: super rich.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's like on the mouth, I'm not getting any organ meat at all. I mean, I'm getting this like. Crisp of cauliflower. And then Mikey said cumin. That's like a thing. There's it's, no cumin
0: in it. There what? isn't? But, you, but cumin can There's be one none. of those things. It I
2: it's, feels,
1: it totally it's paprika tastes. paprika probably, right. uh. yeah. When well,
2: I think, I oftentimes think when like, cause it, what is it, garlic, onion? It's, uh, well, onions the most, yeah. biggest ingredient. And then yeah. the next is the organ meats. Yeah, And then it's uh, salt, uh, smoked paprika, mm. lemon um, um, zest. Oh yeah. But not lemon, what do they call it? Uh, why am I skipping on that? lemon peel that's oh, what we yeah, call sure. sorry I yeah, yeah. call lemon zest and yeah. peel when it's uh dried and all that so lemon peel garlic mm-hmm. um there's parsley <coughs> there's um thyme yeah mm. and mustard seed yeah it's mm-hmm. one of those like
0: all of cumin's best friends sort of yeah, thing right. so but it is i just think it's like it's such a well-rounded seasoning like i just mm-hmm. love it
2: tell us where where can people get it eatpluck.com it's it's available on our website right now and um and, and w- the way I explain it is, you know, you're always going to get more nutrients if you're eating the whole organ. But the problem is, is that we're not eating the whole organ. Mm-hmm. So my whole thought is like health, when it's easy, you do it more often. Mm. And, and what I love about pluck is that as to your point, you can put it on anything. Like I, if they weren't on a whole 30, everyone, I would have brought popcorn because it, it's so freaking good on popcorn. It's game changing. Like I can't eat popcorn without it now. Cause it's so distinct and good. Mm. Um, And I, and I, and what's cool about that too, is that it's a great way to get into kids because kids freaking love it anyway, but then you put it on those foods that they already love Mm. and they just, they just, they want more of it. So it's a win-win.
1: And it seems like you could use it in a marinade, in a salad dressing and it like, it doesn't have to just be a finishing spice, right?
2: No, I recommend it as a finishing just for maximum nutrition because heat heat destroys vitamins Mm, and minerals. but. That doesn't limit you. I'm just suggesting whatever you do, whether it's in the in the recipe or um, or it's getting cooked in some manner, still finish with it too. If you want that maximum nutrition, if it doesn't right. matter to you, you just like the flavor and you want a little bit, then go for it. Um, the the key though of how I talk about it though is that it's it's micro dosing mm-hmm. of, of organ mm-hmm. meats mm-hmm. plus uh, pl- plus frequent use. Mm. So do it, use it in everything and then equals a cumulative effect. Hmm. So so it's not like, I'm not saying you're going to get as much as if you ate raw liver or liver right now. It's Mm -hmm. not going to be that, but as long as you're using it often, then you're going to get that micro dosing. And and I always explain like when people are like, well, does micro dosing work? Um, Let's take a look at glyphosate. Mm. When glyphosate was sold to America through Mm. Roundup, it was told, well, it's very micro amounts. Mm. And it's like, now glyphosate is in everything. Glyphosate right. is in breast milk. It's in our water. It's in our air. It's in every food that is sold. They, they just found glyphosate in hummus. You know mm. what I mean? Like it's in everything. It's so right. prevalent. And so my whole point is like, you if you do micro dosing, frequent use, you will get that accumulative effect. And mm. I believe you, it will be actually healthier because you're you're getting it like on a regular basis. Right. And so your body's right. just kind of getting to take it in. It's it's easy to assimilate. It's easy to absorb it. Mm. Whereas sometimes when you get it in a, a huge chunk, like when someone has liver, liver has so much vitamin A in it. Right. That your body cannot process all of it. And so what happens is you end up peeing a lot of it out, right? Mm. You, your body has to get rid of a lot but if you're getting microdosing you're getting maximum you know you're getting the maximum amount of your what you're spending you know and i also mean?
0: feel like it's it's you know it's a big ask for people to like inc- you know incorporate like liver and onions into your into your meal like you know once a week or something like as your full meal and i think this way it's like the microdosing it's like I, from an american perspective like i think it makes more sense to like mm-hmm. give people just a you know little bits at a time for the cumulative effect so that it like, you know, they can actually add this to their diet. Cause otherwise it's like pretty big pivot for most people. I think so. I,
2: I totally agree. Yeah. And, and, and going once again, for me, it's like, if you're, if, if it's hard, you're not going to do it. Right. I mean, look what happened when COVID happened. Right. Sure. It's like, Everyone defaulted to all those addictive- like comfort food. Comfort yeah, foods, sure. right? Yeah. Everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so clearly no matter what health changes we've made, we go back to what's safe and comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's like, well, Pluck, you don't need to know how to cook it. You don't need to deal with the, the sliminess of mm. organs or anything like that. You don't need to deal with the taste. It's just like it, there's no new habit. Yeah. Like you just sprinkle it like you would- Salt and pepper. I love that.
1: Yeah, it feels like a what was that thing I had growing up? Like Lowry's. Yeah. Everything yeah, salt all, or something yeah, or sure. all-purpose. Yeah. Or sure. Old it, Bay, I
2: think, is another kind of version of it that. It totally
1: works. feels like I and sometimes in the kitchen I'm like, what spice do I want to use here? What do I want to finish this with besides salt? And it just feels like it can be that thing that I reach for and I can put on anything I just made.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it's I love that you said melon because because yep. that. I, that's something I I, I love uh, exploring too is sensibilities, right? Sure. Like we're we're both chefs, but we have different sensibilities. Like I I for some reason don't mix my savory with my sweet, even oh, though God, it's amazing. kettle corn is amazing, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like so I know it's really good. It's just not yeah. where I go. Like I don't I don't think of fruit in my salad. I just don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: The first thing I thought of with with pluck when I ate it for the first time was mango. Mm-hmm. You know, dip mango oh, in I'm it. Sure. It's it's like, a, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and
2: I've heard it's amazing. I mean, yeah. But I just. That's just not where I go. So it's been kind of cool. It's funny.
0: That's exactly, that's the first place that I always go. Like when I think about like a waffle, (laughs) I'm like, Ooh, could I put cheddar cheese on that? Or like, could I put Parmesan cheese in the batter or something? I just always want, cause I don't, A, I don't like too sweet of things and I don't like too savory of things. So I just Mm -hmm. kind of always meet in the middle, but.
2: That's cool. Yeah. I I love learning that kind of stuff. Uh, But I, I, I've been, so we've been out since January of last year and the feedback of hearing what people use it on, yeah. it's been awesome because I'm like, mm. I, I never, I never tried that. I didn't know it was good on there. I love that. Can
1: people go to your website and find recipes? Yes, find excellent. Yes, and so. actually,
2: there's even like a dressing recipe, and you you would mention that. Perfect. There's there's tons, and awesome. they're not all. What what's really key is that everyone needs to know. Like, yeah, I'm pushing organ meats and all that stuff, but but I. You could put it on anything. Like if you're someone who's like, look, I don't want you to fucking tell me how to eat. I like McDonald's <laughs> and I eat it every Wednesday. It's like, great. Yep. Sprinkle it on your McDonald's. Like right, go for it. Right. But just get the I nutrients. Like that. Get yes. the nutrients because we're nutrient deficient. And I really do believe, I'm, on, I'm kind of on a mission in 2022. I believe that if I can convince a million people to eat organ meats, I'm not pluck, I'm just talking about eat, get organ meats in their mm. diet, that we can actually change the world. Mm. And here's why. <laughs> when you're nutrient deficient, you don't feel good in your body. You don't get good sleep. You have headaches. Potentially you have skin issues. You just don't feel good. And when we don't feel good in our body, we don't treat people good. Mm. We just don't. Yeah. That's that's the number one reason people don't treat each other well is because they don't feel good. Hmm. And so if I can get you feeling better in your body, you might start treating other people better. And then now we have a better world. You oh, heard
1: it here first, this. folks.
0: All right. So eatpluck.com, make the world a
2: better place. And luckily,
1: we've got a million subscribers to our
2: podcast, so I think you can just tick that box. I'm really expecting this to blow up once this airs, and if it doesn't, I really like my money money No problem. They
0: charge me to be on it. Yeah, we didn't. If you guys don't know that about our show, we charge everybody that comes on here ten grand to be on the show. So you're welcome.
1: I'm like, thank you, James. It was so fun to get to chat with you. Thank you both. Thanks for feeding us.
2: Tell us again the website. Eatpluck.com. And then of course you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Eatpluck. And I'm personally at at Chef James Barry. That's Barry with an A B A R Y. Thank you all. Yeah. Lovely. Bye.
1: <laughs> that was great was so great. I feel like I learned a lot.
0: Oh my God. I mean, the conversation about organ meat, it's well, and the conversation about food in general, I feel like I can just learn something new all the time. And there's certain places like organ meats, kind of one of them that I've been like a little afraid to go. Mm. I don't know. I think a lot of people are a little freaked out by it. Yeah. That's why Pluck exists.
1: Yeah. So if you want to learn more about Pluck, um, head on over to eatpluck, p l u c k dot com and uh, order yourself up some. Hell yeah. It's and delicious.
0: Follow James on his socials, too. He's got some... Uh, I know he, he tagged them, but he's got some fun posts that he does about Pluck, and he's uh, he's hilarious.
1: He is. He's yeah. a good dude.
0: But, um, yeah, we're going to be... I think we're going to maybe be taking a week off because I'm going to be out of town. Oh,
1: Mikey's he's going to be out of town.
0: I know. I'm sorry. Maybe we'll do some kind of cool distance version of the show. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Um, but we will be back, let's just say, in two weeks on... Uh, Two weeks Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we'll be with another fucking awesome edible food journey for you. Yeah. With Mikey and Rin.
1: At Mikey and Rin. We love you. I'm Mikey. I'm Rin.
0: Let's go eat.